Welcome to Theme Team. I'm Preet. I'm Adam. I'm Jeb. It's our belief that the movies that resonate with us are the ones that are trying to say something. They make some sort of statement about a better way to live. Some people call this a theme. Others call it a moral. We call it an armature. The best movies, in our opinions, are the ones that say something specific and say it well. So join us as we analyze and take apart some classic movies and see what they're trying to say. This week's movie is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Hey everyone, welcome back. Uh, this week's movie was uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, it was a super fun one. Uh, what do you guys think? I love this movie. It's very dense. I have a lot to say about it. <laughs> mm. I'm a fan. It's Oh, nice. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really, really good. Uh, I saw it three times. Okay, um, alright. Uh, yeah, and it's and it seemed seem to get better uh, uh, each time. Mm. So, yeah, actually, yeah, that's that's kind of been the case for a lot of these movies. Like, mm. As you, it, as I, as I pick pick apart just how how it, uh, they're all uh, they're all connected, you know, like, okay. like everything. Every decision's deliberate to the central uh, armature, which is which is pretty sick. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Good. I was just, just going to ask before we dig in, uh, how recently have each of you seen, like, before our viewing for this, uh, who had and hadn't seen the movie before, and how how mm. like recently like was it a thing is it a, you watched it for the first time in the last year the last five years you've been seeing seen it for mm. forever that's a good point uh i've uh i had not seen this before and for me uh saw it when i was in high school didn't remember much of it um liked it back then and then it was within the last year it was actually only a couple of months ago that me and my friends and roommates watched it and yeah, it. I mean, obviously, having a different perspective on story now, but then even just talking about it with them, it's like, no, yeah, this. There's a lot here. Mm. Cool. Yeah, for me, this is a movie. This is one of those. Been going from childhood movies for me. Um. So it's like it's in the, it's in the pantheon for me, and like the the Star Wars and Back to the Futures for me. Oh, okay. So. It's oh. it's 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 on the it's on the it's on the high shelf, <laughs> which is crazy. Not that it's on your high shelf, but like, I don't know. I don't know how much to just dive into it, but it's a seemingly, I don't know if innocuous is the right word, but it's like a seemingly like, oh, it's just a fun you know high school film. But it's like when you really start looking into what it's saying, you're like, oh, there's there's a lot here. This is yeah. this is a dense film. So yeah, I kept saying to people today, like it's surprisingly dense for that reason. Like it, it has this kind of valence um, of, yeah, it's goofy, it's silly, it's fun, but I think it has a lot to say. Yeah. Um, so I guess we could start with armature. That's always a fun place to start. Does everybody think the armature is right now? Anyone? 
Anyone? <laughs> Armature. Anyone? <laughs> Is that one of those jokes you've heard like uh, your whole life, Jeb, and then now you've seen the source of it? The whole Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> I, 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 I would have to think about it more, but it. I, I think there were a, a couple of those who were like, wait, this kind of seems familiar. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, another experience, actually, just of this, us doing this in general. There's been a few times now with a couple of different movies where I've just been like, oh, that's where that's from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, all that stuff goes way over my head, but I, I guess maybe since I saw... Um, this when I was in high school that was one thing where I was plugged in I knew what people were talking about <laughs> but, uh, for, um, sorry go ahead oh, oh you can go ahead um, like I I, um, I don't think it's exactly this but I feel like it's pretty close to um, what Ferris actually says, where he says uh, life moves pretty fast. If you don't, uh, if you don't uh, stop and take a look around, you might miss it. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if that's entirely actually it, but I feel like that's a pretty strong component of it. Okay, Jeb. Um, hey. Uh, well, I, I hadn't come to a, uh, an actual articulation of it as of yet, but, um, like, I think it does have, have, or at least you have something to do with uh, 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 actually, uh, let me just back up and, and, uh, like, a lot of the characters, uh, uh, seem seem to have uh, have have their life life of uh, 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 very absorbed in in a uh, in what's in a uh, so in someone else's life mm-hmm. like and letting letting that control them yeah. Uh, like, like, um, you know, it's, it's obviously Cam- uh, uh, Cameron, you know, mm-hmm. which is like uh, uh, the central like, example and how that resolves everything. I, uh, I would, with him, with him and his dad, and, uh, and then uh, there's uh, Jeannie, uh, 
of yeah. her sister and the principal who are who are are uh, both obsessed with with you know what Ferris is doing right yeah and you know is a genie you know yeah yeah he has a re- resolution to that you know like 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 what what why do you care so much <laughs> like you could do this mm-hmm. all these things too mm-hmm. and so yeah like not Yes. Yes. Uh, some something to like. Yeah. Some way to articulate uh, all, all of all of that. It was, it was at least the most uh, a connected thing I was seeing. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with both y'all. I the way I thought of articulating it is um, kind of more focused in on what you were talking about Jeb where it's like don't let others get in the way of your ideal or don't let others get in the way of like your ideal life mm. something like that because yeah using say um, I don't know like the, the vice principal for example like he let Ferris get in the way of his ideal life and then had you know a terrible day <laughs> mm. um, and then yeah the I love that conversation that Jeannie has with Charlie Sheen and it's like yeah it sounds like you need to start worrying more about yourself and worrying less about your brother it's just like what's your ideal like don't let other people in your comparison to them like that's dumb like you're wasting your time you're you're actually affecting your own life by like worrying about that rather than just like focusing on yeah having having a dope day you know yeah yeah that's why i'm kind of like i'm not entirely sure um but mind you it's like that saying that he has it's kind of the it would be the cool 80s high school kid way of probably saying something like that probably right. better articulated in a slightly different way mm-hmm. um, but essentially if you're if you do if you are a person that will stop to actually take in where you are and enjoy what you're doing rather than aimlessly going about doing things that other people are expecting of you then you just automatically will mm-hmm. be able to be a more kind of centered and complete and focused feeling person, yeah. even if you don't know all the answers. Because I, yeah, because I, I have that he's got that sort of reflective part when he's, uh, when he's doing one of his many breaking the fourth wall conversations, but it's one <laughs> of the more serious ones when he like talking about like. Yeah, me and Cameron are going to hang out for, you know, the rest of the year, and we'll have the summer, but then he's going to go to one school, I'm going to go to another, I don't know how I'm going to see him again, and, uh, and his girlfriend is a year younger than him, so she's going to be staying behind. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, or it sort of shows that he's, he worries about things that he can't control, but he's not letting that... St- um, 
he's not letting he isn't letting that uh, paralyze him into not doing anything right mm. whereas that's exactly the kind of thing that Cameron is doing on top of all the you know which makes sense because of all the insane pressure he's he'll be getting from his parents especially his dad mm-hmm. um, I thought that um I kind of also felt like the guys who uh, steal the car mm-hmm. are sort of like that. They're they're right. in very oh. much in the Ferris camp, right? Because it's like yeah, well, I thought about that this, as well. <laughs> it was like this. This doesn't happen every day. This amazing car is here, and it's just going to be sitting in this room. Like, when will we ever get the chance to do something insane like this again? Let's mm-hmm. go. <laughs> right. See, that's. This is the weird tension of this movie that I'm... I don't know. I I want to sit down and really kind of think about and why I want to watch it three times and write a script about it or something. Because while all of that sounds good, like, it definitely... It asks bigger questions of, like, you know, obviously respecting people's property and stuff like that, right? Like, it, <laughs> he does steal Cameron's dad's car um, and then poses the question of, like, well, you know, the way I'm going to enjoy this is going to be way more than he enjoys it kind of thing because I'm actually right. going to use it rather than it being some sort of idol in a trophy room. But right. at the same time, he he is doing something that is not, like, morally in line with, like, treating people with respect kind of thing. Right. So, so it's just, it's an and interesting tension. that's why there's tension. a price to it. <laughs> right, yeah. And I actually, I liked, too, um, that they didn't, because it's so interesting too. Because he's he's lying all day and he gets away with it, um, but it's they. I guess they show him having a threshold, which was cool. Because um, you know when the car actually flies out the back, that's when that was when it reached the threshold. And Ferris is like, "Hey, I'll take the fall for this." Like, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a little bit of redeeming there, but then. You know, the even, like, more exciting part of all of that is that was when Cameron's like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm my own man now. Like, I don't, I shouldn't, I don't have to be controlled by my dad or be crippled of fear because of my parents or, you know, whatever. Right. Did you, do you notice the, uh, other license plate on the car? I didn't, no. I, I said nervous. Really? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's that's crazy. Yeah, he kicked out the window. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) I did notice um, Ferris's dad's car's license plate. That was a lot of possessives. Um, It was mom, M-O-M-M. And I wondered what that meant or why it was that. On which one? Um, Ferris's dad's car. The license plate of it was mom m-o-m-m mom oh i didn't notice that one it may it may not be something as loud as kicking nervousness out the window (laughs) (laughs) but i think there's yeah but i think that kind of stuff is sort of the stuff that i love that's just peppered throughout this movie Mm -hmm. is it does a really good job of like what because would you guys agree that so Ferris doesn't isn't 
Ferris's agent of change in this movie doesn't grow. It's actually mainly Cameron and and also to a slightly lesser extent, but still a pretty significant one, Genie. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So I kind of thought it's like the the way the arc goes for Cameron. It's uh, the way it's structured is uh, with. So you know, all, all, all the plot shit happens. Mm-hmm. Cameron isn't. Uh, it isn't enjoying any of the day. Until the midpoint reversal happens, which I believe is around uh, the, uh, the restaurant. Okay. It's interesting. Uh, I didn't think about it structurally yet. Okay. It, it was it was definitely loud uh, at the baseball game. That's that's right after, and that's when he starts he starts having fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's. Uh, just yeah, because and it's just, and it and his sister does the same thing. she's just going along mm. and annoyed but not doing anything about it and then she's got that beat in the hallway where she's like maybe I'm just worrying about this too much blah, blah, blah. so he got a I got a car he got a computer yada, mm-hmm. yada. And, then, and then she's just like but why should he get away with it screw him and then leave school mm-hmm. um, and that's right around that point because now she's going to try and do something about it okay. um, yeah um I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I always, it always kills me every time she kicks the crap out of Rudy's face. <laughs> it is a pretty funny scene. Just this leg kind of coming up, kicking him like three times or something. It's good. Yeah, it's just that whole that whole little sequence is just so cartoonish, and it's just so good. <laughs> he pays off. I think she's like even like not quite double speed, but she's like sped up running away too. Oh really? <laughs> like she's cartoonishly quick when she runs off afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, structurally that seems that's like right around the that's when like everything kind of shifts. That's also right around when Rooney. It's not quite there, but it's right around when Rooney actually actively starts trying to hunt him. Like he goes to the house. Stuff. Yeah, because the baseball game, for instance, it, he sees mm-hmm. it in the bar or wherever he has the arcade or that yeah. place. It's interesting because there's not a loud reversal like I'm used to in films. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think you're right. Like, right when. I think Jeannie and Cameron are the loudest there, where Cameron starts, like, letting go a little bit. And then, yeah, Jeannie is like, no. I need to do something about this. Yeah. It's interesting, though, too, is, like, you know, Charlie Sheen says, you could have ditched school. She did ditch school. But it's like, she had a terrible day. Whereas, yeah, Ferris, who was not concerned about anybody kind of, like, forcing fear or structure onto his life. He's the one who was singing on a parade float. I think, and that's the thing, that singing on a parade float bit 
this is kind of the first time I really put a lot of thought into that because that's always just been a super fun scene. Because mm -hmm. right? it is super fun. It's a ridiculously fun scene in the film. Yeah. Um, it's the only reason I know that Beatles song by heart. Because <laughs> I've not seen this movie since I was like five or six years old. And so, like, that scene comes on now. It's like, uh, you, know, you guys are going to hear me singing some, some Beatles right now. Okay. Um, okay. But it's, because uh, not because, and it's weird because it's the Beatles, right? So they're, you know, historically massive band, but it's, I don't know it because of any other reason than this movie. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's, uh, but that, that, him doing that is in, is a is a response to Cameron telling him he didn't give a crap about what happened that day. He was like, "Oh, what have we done today?" He's like, "What? What do you mean you didn't have any fun today? What? Look at the things we've seen and done. We were, you know, we saw all this beautiful art. We, you know, mm -hmm. went up the tallest building in the world, um, or one of whatever that, that big tall building in Chicago." Yeah. Um, you know, we you know went to the baseball game, all this stuff, and you you think you didn't have any fun, and then just it's like fine, <laughs> I will I will prove you wrong. Hmm. Okay. Because <laughs> it is interesting how that scene plays out. Because it's like after a cut, so it's like they're together, then you cut to the B story, and then you come back, and then they're like, where did Ferris Bueller, or where did Ferris go? So it's like they didn't show him disappear. And that was a little disjointing for me, but I, what you're saying makes yeah. sense as a response to, because I'm guessing the last scene that we saw with him was the, aren't you having any fun? No. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. It's, and yeah, and that's why it's like it's it's, gee, because that's the first thing he says when they're like when they're like what the hell is he? It's, he's just like. This song is dedicated to my friend Cameron, who says he hasn't yeah. seen anything fun today. You're right. Yeah. It's like, wait, yeah. what? Him. <laughs> and else. Also, just uh, a sh a showing Ferris removed, but yes, yeah, viewing from a distance, like like just like the extent he'll. He'll, he'll go he'll, without fear. Mm -hmm. Like what? Like, like, this madman. He, yeah. he just goes and does a thing. Like, what? <laughs> I can't do that. Which um, that's kind of stuff that like was immediate parallels to Shawshank for me. Like Ferris being the Andy character and kind of going mm -hmm. to extremes to like show his friends like what's possible. Right. Yeah. Which is yeah, great. It's, it's, the, the hap it's just a happier version of <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> yeah a, a car gets kicked out of the window not somebody gets shot yeah oh, yeah yeah the, the the 500 yards of of uh of shit in the sewer is uh is is who do you love and kicking a car <laughs> yeah right <laughs> which not to say that 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 scene there's nothing there's nothing fun about that scene. It's mm -hmm. it's horrible to see um, him sort of just loudly dealing with all this pent up rage. Like you just you so feel for Cameron in that moment. Moment is just like 
Yeah. yeah. Like, because it's completely justified. Like, the only reason you're sad about what happens after that because you're like, that was a nice car. <laughs> you don't feel bad for the dad or anything. <laughs> you just feel sure. like, that was a nice car. It got wrecked. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is also, like... Because specifically, you know, after the pool scene where, you know, he's been sort of in a <laughs> in a coma for the last mm-hmm. few scenes because, you know, they found out the spinometer was higher than they thought. Um, yeah. And, yeah, that moment when, you know, Ferris pulls him up and then he he's just joking at it. He's just a little freer. It's like, I don't know, it... It, it just made, made me champion him so much. It was like, yes, yes. And then it was kind of crazy how they did it because it was actually um, very structural. Um, it reminded me of that story I wrote for the 3X the script um, about, like, you know, after you come to the conclusion, now you have to really put the conclusion to the test. So it's like he comes mm-hmm. to the conclusion at the pool, um, but then... Is is his conclusion going to hold up? Well, let's kick a car out the window and see how he reacts. And I was like, yeah, no, it's this is a new worldview for him. He's going to take those consequences and not succumb to fear and like be a free man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ew. Ew. Yeah, because nothing would be proven otherwise. Um, like, like, like. Like, like he he could have a quote unquote conversation with his dad, but like then like like we would find afterwards like oh wait like, that didn't actually go anywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just a, a loop. Yeah, you had to take it to that extreme. It was like, no, I just kicked your car out the window. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, let's talk. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's like the it's the forcing him to because it's. it's it's not. It's not like it's. It's a weird, sort of, um, situation because it's not abuse he's dealing with, per se. It's neglect. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that it's you know, the people that should care about him don't. Right. And the you know the people that do care about him are just you know kids that are his age in school that he kind of grew up with right mm-hmm. yeah because uh actually it's an interesting it's an interesting little parallel there too in that scene in the fact that he drops himself into the water and he's not catatonic when he does he goes down and he's fully aware and he looks around mm-hmm. to see and then he sees his best friend jump in to save him Right. So he knows that everything has told him this day that oh my really my you know, this this car stuff is stupid. Um this what this 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 person has done something for me that no one else would do. And he would do anything for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because jumps in the pool to save his friend and you know and then it's backed up by when he does kick the car out of the window versus like i'll take this heat you don't want this much heat i'll take it your mm-hmm. dad hates me already doesn't matter he's not you know what can he do to me 
yell at my parents and make them pay for the car they're rich it's fine kind of thing yeah play i'm sure he doesn't say that far but that's playing it out in in terms of like what would the consequence be for ferris versus cameron mm-hmm. but the point for camera is like no because then he won't talk to me <laughs> and that's not the point right this is this is the this is the consequence of his as his as in cameron's father's actions Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting way to put it. And if something I actually stumbled on today. Um, I was talking about with you because the one the one thing that kind of hung me up a little bit in the movie is uh, Jeannie, just because it felt like her her change came from outside because it comes from uh, Charlie Sheen's character who right. just comes out of nowhere right um, so I was trying to I've been like I've been talking to Jenna about uh, a lot because you know she also loves that movie so we watched it together and we were like what I said she, she asked me each week what the movie's gonna be and when I said it was Ferris Bueller she's like yes <laughs> <laughs> um, she's been enjoying the other movies as well but most of the which she hasn't seen but you know, Groundhog Day was one where she was super happy and then Ferris Bueller was another one she was like <laughs> oh yeah um, sweet so um, but yeah so I've been you know, talking with her about that a bunch and she was like um, yeah she was saying her opinions on like feel like you know Charlie what Charlie Sheen's character does do like you know making her understand that she's you know just the stuff we've been talking about she's wasting her time worrying about Ferris she could be spending that energy just doing the things that she wants to do instead of being mad at someone else doing things that she's not mm-hmm. um, which is all well and good but I just there was some kind of gear that was grinding for me just um like because her change just seems to happen yeah um um but the thing i kind of stumbled into was like well it's like her change just happens and then and then also this day was essentially consequence free for ferris but Mm -hmm. actually from a plot perspective at least it's it's actually not um because i realized it's it's convoluted but his whole thing about she got a car and he got a computer. So he's it's the one thing he's kind of annoyed with is he never got a car. Right. Um, his actions, what he did this day, directly made it so he didn't get a car. Right. Because his mom was going to sell sell a house or whatever, use that money to buy him a car. Mm-hmm. She didn't make that sale because of Jeannie, because Jeannie got arrested. But Jeannie only got arrested because Ferris skipped school and she went after him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's actually on Ferris. So I was like, all right, well, that at least makes that one bit click mm. a little bit better for me. Because mm. that's all direct consequence of, you know, Ferris's actions, then other people taking actions based on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so at least there was a cost to it. It doesn't quite fix um, Genie's switch for me, but it just made me feel a bit, I guess, a bit better about it. Yeah, because it was serving multiple purposes. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I actually also had that thought about it being, yeah, a random character. It is funny though that it is like, I don't know, a guy in 
in the police station because he was on drugs. So it's like, yeah. in a sense, that is someone who, again, is like living how they want to live above the laws True. of the system. But it is expressed in, you know, a morally kind of ambiguous way. Actually, yeah. that, that makes a ton of sense. Sorry, go ahead, Jeff. Okay. Oh, and... And uh, he's also someone uh, uh, outside of her circles, you know, uh, and unbiased. You know, just it's like, yeah, he's basically you know uh, seeing her uh, the the situation she's stressing out about, you know, from the outside, and and just being like, oh, that's 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 not. That's not a big deal. What, why are you worrying about that? <laughs> actually, I just realized he's essentially, as far as she's concerned, he's a functional clone for Ferris, in a way. Yeah. Just a lot quicker that's, and more efficient. Yeah, because yeah. he's like, he's it's exactly what you said. He's someone who is living his life the way he wants to and just dealing with the consequences of... Yeah, sure. I got arrested because I do drugs. And anyway, why am I going to get mad about that? I chose to do the drugs. Right. <laughs> and then, um, even like the conversation, <laughs> setting his character up. What are you in for? Drugs? No. What are you in for? No. Uh, drugs. drugs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and that's the thing. It's it's he. She's all kind of weird and pissy at him at first because of like you know making judgments about him is you know because he's you know just a drug addict in a police station but he's wise beyond his years the way he speaks because he's just and like tells her like what you're doing right now is worrying about other people worry about yourself mm-hmm. it's uh, it's like oh yeah why would i worry about other people <laughs> Well, it's funny, because um, I went back specifically for that quote, because I figured that had something to do with the armature. Um, he says that line, and then we cut to Fer- Ferris. And then when we cut back to that story, that's when they're making out. So it's like, that's the transition, him just calling her out for, like, you don't, you should not worry about your brother. And yeah. then, as far as we're concerned, then they're, that's what led them to hook up. Right. Yeah, that's why it's still a little kind of, like, teeth grindy, because it feels like that last bit was just done for the gag mm-hmm. with her mom, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see that. So, so then she could have the, like, kind of cute, giggly, embarrassed walkout sort of thing. But, um, but yeah, overall, overall it works, and I think it's probably just, you know, it's, it's getting away with being slightly less clean on her because she's sort of side character of change. Yeah, that's true. This is mainly on Cameron. A little fun fact of that scene. Um, Charlie Sheen for that role stayed up for three days straight so he could hit the right level of like <laughs> out of it. <laughs> it's like two or three days straight. I don't know the exact number, but when I just heard that, I laughed so hard. That's amazing. It's such a small <laughs> role. <laughs> he was actually back then. He was already pretty, if I'm not mistaken, he was already pretty famous by then. Mm. I think. Like he, I'm sure he'd been in other stuff by that point. 
um, that was already kind of big. I could be mistaken. Yeah, I, um, I don't have much context for that. But, uh, yeah, that... Um, another favorite of my scenes is his run home. Yeah. Um, so that's less... Uh, that's less story-ish and more just fun plot wrap-up, kind of. Right. Um, it's interesting how iconic that scene became. Yeah, it, they they reference it in uh, I think it's Spider-Man: Homecoming. Mm-hmm. In yeah. fact, I think it's playing on one of the TVs. Yeah. In, in the backyard oh. as he's actually doing the scene actually, as he's doing that. his running through people's houses that scene is playing on someone's TV mm-hmm. which is fantastic <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah yeah. I loved it because they, they let it play it. They, uh, that's the sidetrack but they, they let the scene play out for a bit so you know, so anyone who's knows Ferris Bueller starts it plays for long enough where it's like they're just ripping off that bit from Ferris Bueller right now <laughs> what the hell and it's like it gives you just enough time to start having that thought before then he runs past a TV with Ferris Bueller playing and it's that scene and it makes it all okay and ten times better because like oh they knew exactly what they were doing okay okay yeah that moment when like copying becomes homage yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of other things. You, the things that I wanted to bring up, a lot of us have already hit on. Like I did want to bring up the, the garage guys, um, being clone characters for Fe- uh, Ferris as well. Because what's funny too is they're also not punished, and they even like they have their little dance and be like, "Oh, we should do this again sometime." So it's like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they got to live their life uh, exactly how they wanted to, and, or I guess live their ideal, um, and be free and accept the consequences that would have came with it. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I love the fact that the the reason that pays off too is because they've got they have them stealing the car, right? Mm-hmm. And then they have them returning the car in their little dance of success. And then they've got one shot of them with the car. Just to show you, it's, like, you know, it's nothing ridiculously nefarious. They're not, it's not like they stole it to go sell it to some guy and just make a bunch of money. It's just like, all they wanted to do was go and have some fun. Yeah, just have a yeah. Joy That's running. exactly what they did. <laughs> That's an interesting point, yeah. It, I didn't think about you know what can, what they could have done, which is yeah, just steal it and profit off of it. But it it was just a little roller coaster ride. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. I, yeah, because yeah, yeah, that that was that was my initial thoughts as well when they just drove off with it. I was like, wait, did they even work there? Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's that's extreme because it's 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 another thing that makes it like put together really well for me because it's because that scene is it's nothing there's no words it's that one it's the 
they've got the the fanfare from Star Wars playing as the car flies right. over the camera in <laughs> slow motion, and then it shows their faces with the biggest happiest grins ever. Yeah, <laughs> and then the car just lands and flies off down the road at a hundred miles an hour or whatever, and you're just like, that was that, that's nothing else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's just for the point of like. All they're doing is having some fun, which means essentially they're just like Ferris. All right. he's doing is having yeah. some fun. He's enjoying the things that he's able to enjoy as much as he can. Yeah. And I guess another like side thing that is addressed but not articulated is like doing it is worth the consequences. Because mm-hmm. like for instance, mm-hmm. um after he does the the float scene, you know both uh, Cameron and his girlfriend are like, someone saw you. You're going to get nailed. You're going to get nailed. Yeah. And You're he's so busted. Yeah. And he's like, ah, and, like he was just kind of brushing it off. It's like, yeah, maybe, maybe not. It's, I'm still going to try to not get it, but it's like, that was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a similar scene to the end of the rest. Like the, the whole restaurant scene is another hilarious one, but it's brilliant because it's like, he goes in, the restaurateur knows that he's just some punk kids, mm-hmm. like you know, whoever he is, um, and, he's, and he's just like, and you know, and he kind of like doubles down, uh, and then triples down, because they're like, okay, Ferris, you had your fun, you made your point, we just get the hell out of here, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and then they come up with the whole dopey, like elaborate excuse with the different lines, and then, you know, he, has her describe him as the sausage king of Chicago, and then he goes back to because the guy doesn't believe it. He's like, he's like, oh crap, okay. And then he's just like, no, they're playing me. And then she goes to the other line, and Cameron like does the same voice from before. Yeah, Peterson. <laughs> this is the Chicago police. <laughs> um, uh, but like that again, it's like he won't, he won't back down from his ideal even in no. this ridiculous situation mm-hmm. there's no there's mm-hmm. zero um cost to them just walking away yeah right like, it's like you just walk away it's fine and then because they do that they're almost caught by his dad who happens to there's 400 restaurants in the downtown area and i picked the one my dad goes to mm-hmm. and then they're like okay we just gotta we gotta you know, we, get, we gotta do it. And he's like, we, and Cameron's like, we could surrender. And he's like, never. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's great. It, it, again, it reminds me of Andy from the Shawshank Redemption, where it's like he had his ideal, and halfway wasn't good enough. Like, mm-hmm. even if, uh, even if I get thrown in the hole for turning up the music in the warden's face, like this is still worth it because I get to live I got one life you know I got to smell the roses mm-hmm. yeah but yeah it's funny actually after watching after watching your Shawshank video I put a lot of thought again sidetrack I put a lot of thought into <laughs> that scene mm-hmm. um, into why why he would do that like playing the music is one thing but why he would then because he they're like you know defraying come on just just, just come on, turn yeah. it off, unlock the door, and he considers it. He stops. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, I've had my fun. Let me, I'm gonna turn it off. 
because you see it in his face. He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And he puts his hand on the needle and then moves it to the volume and then turns it up. Staring at him right in the face. Right, right. <laughs> because he's like, like, he, it's like he realizes, like, okay, yeah, maybe I'll be in the hole. It's not like I'm not going to be in prison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I, like, yeah. I'm still in prison. Yeah, it's like, what? What are you really gonna do? Sure, you put me in the hole, which sucks, but whatever. It's not like it's awesome outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I've and, thought about that scene, it was kind of like, this is who I want to be. So either you let me do this, or you force me. But I'm not gonna succumb to like. Your your will, because I don't agree right. with your will. No. And yeah, I think the same could be same with Ferris. Like I think yeah. what you say with the, the the dining scene is perfect. Like it's the same thing. It's like we could we could go off scot free, but it's like no. The only way I'm gonna be um, walked out of here is if you force me. My parents come, or the police come. <laughs> but it, like that's those are the crazy dense things of why, for instance, I left last week's podcast with like this. I feel like Ferris Bueller talks about like a core like posture of life, as opposed to like one little lesson. Like it's, it's like how do you how do you live your life? Are you do you live it in fear of like what could happen or do you say no this yeah i could get in trouble for this but this will be dope and worth it because i got one life Mm -hmm. it's it's a very interesting thing it's like obviously you can't take that to the extreme like there's you always have to weigh it weigh the consequences and weigh the the outcomes and all that stuff um you know, I think a good reason, a good example is like the the garage guys were. They they had a, a fun time, but it's like they didn't steal it. <laughs> they right. they measured the consequences. Are like, eh, you know, mm. we could get arrested for this, but if we just get arrested for a joyride, that's different than like stealing it. Right. And it's yeah, and I think that's the. And, yeah, of course, like, you know, the cartoonish consequences of this movie rather than real-life consequences notwithstanding, it's it's still saying something that's sort of, like, life-affirming. Because I think, like, that whole... I would say, if, if it is the... the, uh... the stopping to take a look around... Is essentially saying like you, it's another way of putting that would sort of be, and as, as again, I'm still not entirely sold that this is necessarily right, but it's sort of like you only have one life to live, mm-hmm. so don't waste that time. Right. Like take the time to do things that are that you believe are worthwhile, mm-hmm. because. Because life moves pretty fast. So there'll be a time when you won't be able to do these things. And also don't let others dictate that. Right. Yeah. 
I think yeah, I think they they did a good job with yeah ma- making up um yeah pushing all those characters to extreme so uh, they could be Claire and that like with with all the clone characters uh you know of of the opposite of of a Ferris like uh, I, I'm, I imagine most people would be able to, s- to see some aspect of, of themselves, you know, in their actions. Like, I just, like, like, oh yeah, everyone, you know, gets uh, absorbed or obsessed with, uh, you know, you know, what what someone else is doing, you know, or. or what what they think how they re- react yeah like hmm. I, I i know i certainly did <laughs> like like yeah which is crazy and they mm-hmm. yeah just uh hmm. uh yeah it, it, as far as uh uh uh, conveying the the armature and and uh uh, uh getting that out of it like the of uh, the, uh, the self assessment <laughs> and like yeah like seeing yourself in them being like oh yeah wait maybe I shouldn't worry as much you know? <laughs> yeah for sure I, I think Cameron is he is a great uh. I don't know the right word. I was going to say avatar, but I just hate that word. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just, yeah, a great kind of character to really see see yourself in a mirror. I like what yeah. I really, I love the line um, before Cameron goes out um, and he's like sick in bed. And he's like, I'm dying. And then Ferris says, you're not dying. You just can't think of anything good to do. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I did love that it's a separate call. He calls him back to tell him that right. he knows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, that's I I to some extent believe um that that is true for like certain certain life circumstances where you convince yourself you're sick because like I mean maybe a good example would be like uh if you're trying to accomplish a big problem, like make an entire short film, <laughs> you know, <laughs> then you lose motivation what? immediately to, to work on the short film because you haven't broken it down to smaller, more accessible parts. I um, cannot relate to this at all. Links in the description. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good plug. Good plug. <laughs> Maybe a more relatable thing would be uh, like a drawing or something. Or probably, I guess, people who may listen to this, like you're writing a story. Like, of course, it's overwhelming because you, you're not breaking it down into like more like, oh, I can I can try to write that scene or that piece of dialogue or try to figure out that character's purpose. Those are more like, yeah, I can do that. Whereas, right, story. So you lose the motivation. We all know that feeling. And so I feel like on an exaggerated level, you can convince yourself that, like, you're just sick, you're not feeling well. If you don't have a goal that surpasses, like, just some coming to 
like a gray day, for instance. Like that's something I've even seen in myself. For sometimes I just I don't have motivation to do anything, and I used to look outside. It's like oh, it's gray and rainy. That's why, which probably to some extent is real. But then there's other gray days where it's like I'm really excited because I have some idea or like I'm trying to do whatever, and I don't even notice it's like a rainy gray day until like halfway through it. And I'm like oh, well, why didn't this day affect me the same? Mm-hmm. And I, I, mm. I do think it is kind of what he says. You just can't think of anything good to do. Like you don't have anything that you care enough about and you believe enough in that really motivates you into like, you know, forgetting that you've spent four hours on something kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Or, think- or putting it off to the next day. Like, well, you know, I, uh, 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 today's not going to get any better. I'll just wait till tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that just builds on itself until you feel yeah. really bad about yourself. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, what were you going to say, Pre? Oh, I was, no, you're good. You're good. You're good. I was just going to say, like, to go off that. I, was like, I think that's why he specifically says... I'm dying mm. as well because I mean he's he is mm. in sort of long terms mm-hmm. all weird you know, <laughs> right. in a weird way it's like it's getting busy doing it mm-hmm. right yeah I, I thought of that earlier it's kind of it's a you could articulate it get busy living or get busy dying right because it's like that's the end of the road for everyone. So that will happen. So at the end of the day, in some ways, a way to think about it is like, I mean, the very, very worst thing that could happen is if you did something is you could die. Mm-hmm. Likely the stuff that you're going to be doing when you're going on adventures with Ferris Bueller, you're probably not going to actually die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's about the same likelihood of you dying doing those things as staying here. So, <laughs> right. really, what are you risking? Right, yeah, risking getting grounded for, you know, right. an amount of time. Yeah, there's... Yeah, it's the thing, too, it's not like Ferris is pulling him away from anything remotely important. Like, right. I... I, I uh, I, I, I doing anything else or anything that he's, yeah, has some level of passion for. It's just like, like no, you, you're just, yeah, yeah, get you out of the house. Like, yeah. yeah, you're lying in bed feeling sorry yeah. for yourself. Let's do see you. Know, yeah, you can sit in good. your car and feel sorry for yourself too. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, back and forth from the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the car. Yeah, that's the car seat is brilliant. <laughs> when he gets into the car, he's like, he's just gonna keep calling me. And he's gonna keep calling me, and I'm not. Yeah, I'm not he's gonna do. Jim. No, no, I'm not gonna do it. He gets out, and goes back inside, <laughs> and then has the tantrum out of focus out the back window. It's jumping. You're like, oh, without. <laughs> I think. I've had those moments. 
This is kind of a, a right turn. I can't find it in the script. Um, Jeb, you might have written this down. There was one scene where I felt like it was being really clever and self-aware. It cut to uh, like a scene in school where they were learning about uh, um, literary uh, analysis. Oh. And it was talking yeah. about like <laughs> yes. the prison. And then it just yes. seemed like it was describing the film, like Ferris Bueller's Day Out in sort of a self-aware yeah. way. And then I think he even ended it on a, like, that would be a level of, like, irony or something. <laughs> I can't find it yeah, in the script, yeah. though. Huh. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, because that scene is actually... There's... N- is, is that the class that his girlfriend is in? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So... Yeah, so there's no reason, there's no reason to do any of that stuff, other than to do that. What exactly what you were saying mm-hmm. is like have a weird metaphor because the whole the only purpose for that scene is like she's in school t- and I cannot remember her name for the life of me. Um, uh, I, I I kept hearing Sloan. Is is that Sloan? Yes. That's it. Yeah, Sloan. Sloan. Yeah. And uh, there's no reason to have that scene any longer than about, a, you know, a few seconds just to be like, you know, Sloane's in class with a bored look on her face and the nurse walking in. Right? Because that's the only purpose that that scene serves oh, is Sloane's in school, nurse comes in and gives her the news the uh, the fake grandma dead news so she can get out that's all it's setting up plot wise mm. but you've got like a good couple of minutes of class and it's like cutting to students faces of them all just looking brain addled and just just they're all just dying inside <laughs> mm. which is great and i, I have another point because of the other time they showed in glass but i did find it in a different script so the line is, um, in what way does the author's use of prison symbolize the protagonist's struggles? And how does this relate to our discussion of the uses of irony? <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I really loved... Um, so one thing, their depiction of school is like super boring too. So it's like that's that's what they're weighing you know the day against kind of you said you guys were saying something about like you know what they would do otherwise isn't mm-hmm. isn't that valuable or something so it's like they really depict yeah. school like that and i super yeah. love that scene where it's that teacher describing something about like a political history and yeah. Yeah. between everything he's like class class no data 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 class like he's asking for class participation and then answers it like that was my entire high school experience was just teachers giving up on like i want to be like an engaging teacher but i'm kind of dead inside and i've given up (laughs) so i'll just answer the questions for the class because i don't want (laughs) to do that yeah that was yeah yeah, just uh, yeah, yeah, just the monotone asking of, of questions, but not giving enough time to for anyone, <laughs> like, even if someone wanted to. And so, yeah, just both sides just become dead inside. Yeah. Like, like, anyone? 
Anyone? Anyone. Okay, next one. That's that's a real thing. A very real thing. Maybe not as, you know, hyperbolized as that, but so many classes I was in where teachers would ask for engagement, we would all stare blankly at them and then they would just just die a little inside and answer the question themselves. Oh, <laughs> oh that that's, hurts. that's the press. <laughs> that's sort of like having a class of 30 kids. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's sort of, that, that's something that only kind of resonated for me late, like later coming back to that movie. It didn't really resonate for me when I was younger watching the movie, mm-hmm. which is strange because I was a kid that was at least bored in some of my classes. Um, quite a few of them as well, like just big, you know, having that same kind of experience. But the only weird thing that rung that it it it's like something that viscerally rang true with me was this just the shot of Rooney running down the hallway. Okay. Because right, he, he's like he's you know he's in a hurry and he's he's sprinting down the hallway, <laughs> stops to stops walk past the yeah, door, yeah, yeah. sprints down the hallway, <laughs> stops to walk past, the door. and it's just it was just this thing because I I just have all these memories of when I was a kid in school and all everyone always getting yelled at for running in the hallway, <laughs> right, mm-hmm. and 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 it was like. It was just this moment of of like oh oh no it's fu- it's you know you everyone breaks the rules including the <laughs> teacher they just don't want to be seen doing it they don't actually care about these rules are important you must follow them I follow them why wouldn't you follow them I do this all it's like no <laughs> that's not what's happening here a... what's happening here is I'm just putting on a facade of these rules for you. That's a really it's interesting, like this... uh, yeah, observation there. Because then... well, it's the same, it's the same thing for him. Like, there's no other more existential reason that he's going after Ferris. Right. He's not going after Ferris. He's like, I care about your education, kid, and I'm not gonna <laughs> let you fail out. It's right, like, right, right, right. It's like, screw you, kid. You're trying to get away with crap under my watch. Not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna catch you this time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny because then, like, the thing he keeps enforcing on him is, you know, this quote-unquote, like, script of what your life should be. So he's always kind of like, yeah, when, you know, 40 years later, when he's, when his life is in shambles um, kind of thing. But that's like, what, is your life not in shambles, sir? I mean, I'm not going to say yes or no on that, but it's just like... What what is shambles? It's like he's forcing his ideal life onto, uh, onto Ferris, and then judging him based on that. Right. Well, and also that's the th- that's the thing that happens if when he does catch him and make him stay back another year. As well, it's like mm-hmm. you're gonna look back on this and remember Edward Rooney. He's like, oh, so you're not trying to make it better. Mm, right. Yeah. You're not trying to get him back into school to be like, look. 
kid. I know yeah. it's boring, but right. you don't understand. You're gonna need this. It's not even that. It's just no, 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 no. You don't get to get out of school, and I'm gonna make you stay here another year because I'm a jerk. Right. Yeah. He's <laughs> the the exaggerated genie. It's like I'm yeah. just mad because you get to live a good life and get away with it, and I don't. Right. It's so good. I d- <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a impressively well done film it, it kind of makes me want to go because there's a few movies of that era in something of a similar vein like you know that feel like they talked about a lot this is the only one that I ever saw was like one that kind of kept coming back mm-hmm. for years um, but I wonder how many more kind of did that. The only other one that I know of that uh, at least is talked about on the same level is uh, Breakfast Club, which is also a John Hughes mm-hmm. movie. Maybe Sixteen mm-hmm. Candles, which I haven't actually seen that. But that's also a John Hughes movie too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe I'm just indifferent. Because, I mean, there was a lot of movies coming out in the 80s, right? Like Alien and Terminator came out around those times too, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. With Star Wars, what you? Uh, uh, Brian usually uh, talks about a year. Uh, it's like it's like a uh, Brian McDonald uh, uh, it's like eighty two, eighty three, or or something that was uh, uh, and and. Uh, a really good year for for movies. Yeah, like it was when like E.T. and uh, some others came out. Yeah, there's a yeah. Well, he he has a he says a specific year. I think I think it is. He might he might be right. I think it is E.T. And he says like there's a bunch of good movies coming out, came out that year. But also, in general, like, there was a lot of those kind of top-shelf, high-caliber movies coming out all the time, like, through the 70s and 80s, that were just, like, you know, yeah, like, had a high level of craft to them. Mm-hmm. Um, even when they're not necessarily, like, if, even if they're not necessarily saying something quite so, uh, like maybe they're not talking about something quite so life affirming and deep, but they're still saying something and they're articulating it very clearly and very well. Right. Yeah, that's uh, and maybe this has to do with like just the power of certain films, because um, like for instance, we uh, we did uh, Double Indemnity last week. It's like really solid armature, really clear, um, good to bring into your life. But yeah, it wasn't as like, oh, I really need to think about like how I'm, how I'm doing life, like to some extent. But it's just it's more. I don't know. It seemed like a, a easier thing to address, maybe, maybe not depending right. on your upbringing and all that stuff. But like, I would agree. Like this one, and like Shawshank, obviously. Um, I had an oh Wally I think is another one of those mm-hmm. that's just like those are ones that are really talking about 
like what are your goals in life and how what those should be kind of <laughs> which are kind of insane that's really yeah. digging mm-hmm. deep and i think that's the thing it's like you can the the clarity of of the point is the craft bit right Mm-hmm. Like being right. clear about the thing you're saying, that's the that's the craftsmanship of making the movie, um, or whatever media you try and articulate your story in, that you know are the one that we're focusing on being movies. But I think um, the thing that you're trying to say, like the depth of what that is, that's the thing that you that's. you can't i don't think that's the thing you can't control necessarily right mm-hmm. um because you can put like you know you can make a, a double indemnity type movie like as long as you're trying to say the thing you know what the thing you're trying to say is and you're being clear about it you know you'll end up with a very good movie that's clear about what you're trying to get across for sure yeah but if the thing that you're trying to get out is something uh you, that's the bit that you can't necessarily control i guess is what i'm trying to say like cuz you know you're only going to be able to say something clearly if you know how to say it but right. the thing that you have to say is dependent on factors that are out of your control like i i can only think of like stephen king having coming up with the stuff that he had to say in Shawshank what the hell was happening for him at that point in his life where he was just like I gotta say this and I just gotta get this out of my system and it was it was also that it's like it's not like he like he's written like huge tomes he wrote a novella for that it's like about 50 100 pages something like that like he just had to get something out of his system and say it Mm mhm and he did in a very clear way, but yeah, and, and that's all he, and and that was the length that that he needed to, like, right, right, yeah, like like oh yeah, you know, I'm, I, uh, how it, how it, how it needs to be said, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I doesn't, I doesn't be of for like. Out a book can be a best bestseller, and, and I'm also not going to force it to be. Right. Yeah. But I also think that that ends up being the the thing that I find actually. It's actually that's the thing that I find most valuable about doing this sort of analysis when we take this stuff apart. Finding the thread that's the. The. Uh, um, the thing that holds these stories that we're you know we're going through together, right? Um, because I actually think that's that's what they're supposed to be for. Yeah. So. Yeah. But no one ever used you know, <laughs> no one ever used to talk about that, like because right. you didn't ha- there was time. I don't think people had to. Because people understood that, and I think that's the thing that's kind of been lost over time, is 
you know, people have lost the understanding that, oh, the Sitoris are saying, a th are supposed to be saying a thing. And because people lost that understanding of them, now you're getting more and more stories, that's what Brian McDonald says. Like, I think this is, like, why what he says is kind of true. Like, you get less and less of those well-crafted movies now because less and less people have an understanding of you're supposed to be saying something with stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're just looking for uh, something that'll entertain them, for lack of a better word. Right. It's funny, though, because we do have that core satisfaction and dissatisfaction. Like, I think a, a lot of people can miss miss it. Like, they can still walk away from, say, an action film and be be happy with spending their money even though the story wasn't there. But, I mean, there's a reason why, you know, like, so many people got upset at the end of, like, uh, like uh, Game of Thrones, for instance. It's just... Right, they could feel something in their deep being of like, wait, this this didn't add up to anything. It didn't say anything. Yeah, and I think in that case, it was just like it it squandered an opportunity to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. But in many cases, it's it's not even. It's like it feels like it's not even trying to do that in the first place. Right, and there's just a veneer of something that's not really there yeah or what it ends up saying is kind of bleak and mm. unbelievable yeah or even if it but in some cases like what it was saying is just lost because there's so much noise mm -hmm. yeah of just like other big flashy stuff yeah it's muddled down, becomes unclear. Mm -hmm. Well, we're at uh, hour and 13 minutes. Any last okay. thoughts on Ferris Bueller? Um, you know, the specific points come to mind. Uh, yeah, that was, that was, that was very, very good. Very glad you have, have uh, watched that. Yeah, I like I said, I, it's so dense. There's so many even like more little lines and little scenes that kind of play into all of it. Um, I I do want to like sit down and like, even if it doesn't become a critical, it probably will. Just knowing me, but even if it wouldn't, it would be worthwhile to like, like formally articulate my thoughts and observations. Thanks for joining us this week. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to leave a comment, you can do so at the Theme Team Facebook page or on Twitter at Theme Team Pod. We hope you can join us again next week when we'll be watching the Steven Spielberg classic, E.T.